on this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iger and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. We bring you the latest OU football news. Then we talk OU men's and women's hoops and Thunder basketball and FGTB. And we finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those and you'll find us. All right. Our man Michael Hostie will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Monday, March 13th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful, award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Raps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of March, all you got to do is visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now recording this Sunday afternoon, please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. Ted Lehman, how we doing, man? Fantastic. I cannot complain. Got some good stuff to chat about right now, so it's always good. There's there there's always something to talk about uh, when it comes to OU football and certainly uh, in sports, but we have reached one of those times of the year where... No news is the best news, typically. <laughs> right, yeah. This time of year, uh, spring break this week, you're hoping for absolutely no news. Now you you've got some we've got some recruiting to talk about, but yeah, when things are quiet right now, that's typically that's typically what you want. Yeah, yeah. Once they, uh, which we talked about, and I think we both really like the fact that they're starting spring balls late as they are. Um, but yeah, the the little period before that, yeah, you like it to be pretty quiet as far as any injuries, any off the field stuff, and uh, roll into to spring ball feeling really good about yourselves. Yeah. So here's the hoping that uh, there are no headlines made in Panama <laughs> City or wherever kids go now. I don't know where to, South Padre Island is that still a thing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But. Let, let's hope nothing goes down on one of those trips. Now, let's start here. Just some scary news, right, uh, that came out late last week about Gentry Williams and him experiencing what they labeled as an exertional collapse at a workout on Thursday. Now, medical staff was right there right, to take care of him immediately and seems like 
from some of the conversations I've had, uh, just took him to the hospital out of an abundance of caution. Uh, just make sure everything's all good. And it, from the statement that, uh, that they put out on Twitter, that the football account put out on Twitter, seems like he's all good going home for spring break, spending time with his family. But man, it, I kind of hate for him that this thing has turned into such a big deal. Right. But when you hear a guy collapse and he goes to the hospital, like that's obviously very relevant. OU football news, especially when it's a player that you think could, could be a starter at corner for this team uh, coming up in the fall. So you saw all of this, you know, being reported on and it was just like, Oh no, someone collapsed. But uh, luckily, uh, most importantly, Gentry Williams is, he's fine he's all good he's he's still a healthy young man which is which is the most important thing yeah yeah it's always scary you know I think that everyone right now is even on a even more so heightened sense of uh awareness whenever it comes to that type of stuff after what everyone witnessed you know uh with Hamlin so uh, to see a, a teammate kind of collapse like that you never know what what may be going on but yeah I you know, it sounds like it was one of those like one-on-one tug of war things. You know, they they do some of these little competitions during winter stuff, just to you know, some team building, some competition building, um, and I guess it just went a little too hard. Which, you know, I could I could understand. I anyone that has been through OU with Jerry Schmidt, Jerry Schmidt running the weight program has felt that feeling. Now, I, I'm trying to think of like, because in workouts, we never had anyone collapse, right? That would be really, really scary. But we had plenty of guys take a knee and not get back up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or or sit down and, not, and need assistance getting to their feet. That's all. And that's just not an Oklahoma thing. That's You're going to find situations like that throughout college football, right? They are, it's all about pushing young men to their limits and, you know, kind of helping them push through some boundaries, maybe that they don't realize that that they can push through. Uh, I mean, that's part of growing as a college football player. Now you want to be smart, but yeah. So when I saw a collapse, I was like, that's different, but some guy feel like he's about to pass out at a know you workout. That is very, very normal. Yeah. Well, and I can understand it. In a one-on-one, well, I say normal. Maybe that's not the best way to put right. it. Like that—that that has happened many, many right. times. And a like a one-on-one tug of war is like the perfect uh, drill or exercise for that to happen because you know it's an all-out effort. You know, which is you're digging into to anaerobic type of uh, exercise, and you're there is no like stopping point. So if you're in that all-out, almost fight-or-flight type of mode, you know, you're going off of, of anaerobic energy, you're not breathing properly, right? It's like you're almost holding your breath. And then if it goes past the duration of, of, of your capacity, well, you know, you're at such an oxygen debt that the brain says, flip, you're out, I'll handle this on my own, <laughs> you know, so... It's uh, it's it could be a scary situation, and it can kind of just happen out of nowhere, right? Just gone, and it's got to be incredibly scary. 
Yeah. A- anyone that has done something like that, been in a tug of war, like, and you get done and you kind of see some spots, right? Yeah. You're just like, whoa, wait, you just forget to breathe. Yep. Like you do, you do not breathe properly. And one of the things, you know, one of the best things you can do when you're in those workouts is like control your breathing. Yeah. Right. And that'll keep you calm and actually, you know, uh, allow you to perform better in some of those moments. So yeah, it kind of sounds like maybe just held the breath a little, just strained a little too hard, dude. And it, it, it happens. I mean, it happens, but the important part is he's all right. And I, it just, I, that had to be a really scary moment for, yeah. for the team, right? A guy just goes, you know, goes down like that. And you, you don't know, you don't know what it is. You're thinking, Hey, he was holding his breath. He got lightheaded. Like, you know, he was just straining a little too hard, which, you know, anyone that's worked out in college football, like we have all been close to that point where you're like, Oh boy, I need to breathe a little more, but yeah just watching a guy go down that had to be ooh, that had to be rough man yeah you never know and, and you know that's that's one of the scary things is there's such a high level of like work capacity that's needed for these players that the type of shape that you have to to be in and if someone has a a medical issue that's not known uh whether it's heart or whatever it might be i uh, you typically if if it's if it's not like something that you you know about it, you're going to find it on the fringes of of your work capacity right like whenever you're going all out that's when there's there's any type of of inadequacy in your system like that's unfortunately maybe how you're going to find it so you never know what that may have been is it a heart issue is it a you know a like who, who knows what it could have been so yeah got to be incredibly scary and whenever you saw all of those and it sounds like it's scary for long enough for those guys to you know for guys to go grab their phones and and to be tweeting Tweet. about yeah. it and so sounds like they're they weren't sure about it for for quite some time yeah who i think it was llewellyn that just kind of put something along the lines i think it was just pray or something like that and yeah. i was like oh boy yeah that's that 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 that's when you know it had to be a really scary moment for those guys, but sounds like all's good. So that is, right. uh, that's very, very important, but yeah, uh, unfortunate that those, that Gentry Williams had to go through that, that that team had to go through that because yet, like you said about the DeMar Hamlin situation, now a guy, a guy just collapses like that now and you, you kind of fear the worst, right? Yep. And so yep. at least, uh, at least Gentry's doing well. And, you know, we'll see if this affects any of his participa- participation in, in spring ball. Doesn't sound like it's going to, but I know this. OU's got a top-notch athletic training staff. They're going to do what's best for him. They're going to make sure that everything is checking out the way that they want to uh, want to see it checking out before they let him on the football field. And that, that can be said about all those guys. That's why they do all of the extensive testing and all that stuff they do when all those guys get there, right? When you initially get there is they, they just, they, they take all of that very, very seriously. And they got one of the best athletic training staffs in the entire country. Yeah. And that's why it's staffed so well. I mean, those are, those are early morning workouts in the, in the winter. And, you know, they've got, 
I mean, typically not everyone is on for those, but if, you know, if you've got the big team workout, you're going to have 10 trainers there at least, you know, um, maybe not all of the, like the head trainers, but at least one of the, the senior guys is going to be there. So they're staffed really well, just, just for that. And even like the small workouts, you got a small group that are going through, I mean, there's always going to be trainers there on the, on the outside that are monitoring everything. Yeah, so glad that the training staff handled everything properly and glad that Gentry Williams is okay. Okay, next thing, it, it was pretty interesting. So OU Football's Twitter put out a graphic saying that it's it's 25 Saturdays until the season opener, which when I looked at it, I was like, man, is that a long time or a short time? I couldn't decide like if that, if that feels forever away or right around the corner. I was just – I. I had trouble processing it, but then I looked at the graph and I was like, wait a second. And it was a good reminder. This team needs some people to emerge in the spring. Right. And, and you, you can't, you can't become, you know, kind of for lack of a better term, a star player or one of the faces of the team or like one of the most well-recognized guys uh, until you're producing on the field in the fall, right? That's just how it works. But on this graphic they put out saying it's 25 Saturdays until the opener and like trying to sell tickets, it's Drake Stoops, Javante Barnes, Jordan Kelly, Marcus Stripling, Robert Spears Jennings, and Dylan Gabriel. And I looked at that collection of the guys and I was like, we need, we need some stars to start emerging man and, and no offense to any of those guys right and no offense at all but it kind of it kind of reminds you of everything this team lost and the fact that they need some people to step up in a big way and that starts here in what 10 days when spring practice starts yeah i mean that that is a really interesting group i i don't know how they if it's just totally random how they came to that or I'm convinced what, but, under Brent Venables, nothing is totally random. Yeah. So maybe these have been guys that have been really good leaders, have really good winter workout sessions. I don't know. But you've got, what, two starters on there, Drake Stoops and Dylan Gabriel. And, you know, other, you know, rotational guys. Obviously, Barnes came in, and uh, I guess you could call him a starter in the in the last game of the season. and. Jordan Kelly and Stripling, those guys have been uh, heavy rotational guys, and Robert Spears Jennings has has you know started to make his way in. But yeah, I, you know, I I agree. I think defensively, there's going to be some guys emerge. Offensively, like that, the thing to me offensively is who is it going to be? Wide receiver, tight end, running back, like. There's going to be some new names, I guess not necessarily new names, but new focal points on the offense. And I, I feel confident that there's not going to be a whole lot of, I, I think that we could be in a better position than we were previously. Like there's a lot of, a lot of potential there. We just don't know, but you're right. As far as established guys, there's just, there's not a lot there. I, and, and once again, Drake Stoops has played a lot of quality football. For OU, like he's an awesome player. He's you know a winning exactly player. What you're gonna get. Yeah, you know exactly what you're going to get from him, right? And I do think he's going to have a much bigger statistical year 
right? I, I think Dylan Gabriel and him are actually going to connect on a couple of those deep balls where he's running wide open that they, for whatever reason, could not connect on in 2022. But, and, and I know that that graphic, may, maybe I'm making too big of a deal of it, but it was one of those things like, hey, season's right around the corner, buy tickets. Normally you throw what you would call the star players on that graphic, right? Like, hey, buy tickets and watch these guys play. And it just, I looked at it, I was like, huh. <laughs> so we need, I mean, Jalil Farouk, it's time, man. We, we've seen some of the glimpses, right? Especially with what he can do with the ball in his hand. I, I think that, you know, like it's time for him to make that jump. Desan McCullough, there's a ton of hype, man. You got to come in and make an impact. I, I think you and I, we've talked a lot about Stut Stutzman's ability to really turn into an All-American, you know, All-Big 12, possibly All-American type player this season. Like, we need that to happen with multiple guys. We need the graphic to look different a year from now. That's all I'm saying. I think it will. I feel good about it. You know what makes me feel the best about Jalil Farouk going into this year? It's, and he's great at all these things, but it's 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 not like, it's not his speed. It's not his uh, ability after the catch, which, which are great. It's the name. He has a superstar name, doesn't he? It's a name that, you can't be average with that name, right? I know. You just can't, it's like you can't just be a steady contributor. It, you, you've got to you got to be a big time player. You if, just have if to. He, if he has a couple of like big catches, big games, like maybe a moment or something, like it's a name that everyone's going to remember. Jalil Farouk, that oh the Farouk kid at Oklahoma's unbelievable. I, that's what makes me feel the best that he's going to have a blowout year. It's just. It fits too well. People people listen to this podcast for the X's and O's, I'm sure, like when Sometimes we're breaking stuff down matter. during the season. But this is the hard-hitting analysis that people are yeah. after, Ted. Thank you. Sometimes it just doesn't matter what the X's and O's say. It's, it's the name on the jersey, man. I get it. I get it. I agree. I'll, I, I brought that entire thing up just to say this. We need some guys to ball out in spring and to have a better understanding of who the big-time contributors are going to be. And, you know, I look at it through the offensive lens. You look at it through the defensive lens. You can say, hey, you want a group. Like, maybe you don't want. Like, you want equal production, you know, offensively and defensively. That's just not the real world. you got to have dudes, man. you got to have those go-to guys. And it's still up in the air right now on both sides of the ball. Like who's going to get to the quarterback? Who's going to be the leading receiver? Like, well, what are they going to get from the tight end position? We're all excited about Barnes, but like, can he be a bell cow back? There's all kinds of questions and we'll get into that stuff as we do kind of our positional previews and where we talk about the roster during spring. But yeah, that graphic, it, it sent me down a deep, dark, <laughs> not dark, a deep, a deep tunnel hole tunnel. Does tunnel or hole sound more positive? Tunnel tunnel. Yeah, you're right. It sent me down a deep tunnel of thought. There we yeah. go. Well, here's there, there, 
it will worry you some, right? Anytime that you've got some uncertainty, and I wouldn't even necessarily call it uncertainty. We just, we're not sure what guy's going to emerge. But what I love about it is at most of these positions where we're, we're talking about someone's got to step up, there's going to be some really good competition. I just yeah. speaking defensively, like Robert Spears Jennings is on there. He's a safety. Dude, the safety position is insane. Billy Bowman, Key Lawrence, Pearson that transferred in from Tech, Robert Spears Jennings. Uh, you've got a five-star Peyton Bowen who's looking to get on the field amongst others, right? There's there's just a ton of guys there. Um, you know, like Stripling's on here. Well, think about Edge. Adabare, the five-star kid that looks like he's going to be incredible. You got um, our Mason Thomas from last year. You've got Stripling. You've got Trace Ford. You've got Bothroyd. You, I mean, it's just throw McCullough Downs, in there. Grimes. It's th- we've got players. Then there's there's going to be some really good competition at some of these positions. Yeah, I would just prefer. I I would just like to be able to go. This guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy. Those are, I, I know that they are studs. Like every Saturday, I know what I'm getting and it's going to be production. Yeah, I, I want that on a, when we're talking about a big scale of production. Not like, oh, I know what we're getting from him. Like he's a nice player. I want to know like this guy is going to ball out. Like I know he is. I just don't have a lot of that currently. And right. doesn't make me terribly comfortable. I'm not going to lie. Hopefully we hear some like coming out of spring. There's usually some, some, some chatter, some rumors going on about guys. And hopefully we get a bunch of really positive. Like, Oh, wait till you see what this kid can do. That would make me feel better. If when there's a lot of talk about that, not, Hey, you know, there's still opportunity in the transfer portal, you know, post spring. That's what we don't want to hear. (laughs) <laughs> that is that is not what we want to hear. Okay, last thing we'll hit on for OU football. Little recruiting news, right? Last weekend, big recruiting weekend. Um, and some predictions have rolled in as a result of that. Williams Waneri. Think I nailed that. Yeah. Williams Waneri. Multiple outlets have put a prediction in. Right, which I don't know how much that means, but it's better than not having one. I know that. That he'll end up at OU. This guy is 6'5", 250 plus uh, out of the state of Missouri. Uh, a defensive lineman you could see playing inside and outside. Got really good length from what I could tell just watching uh, some of the highlight clips. He's the number nine overall player in the 24-7 sports composite, and he's actually 24-7 sports number three overall player in their rankings. But, Ted, we've talked a lot about the need for elite physical traits along the defensive line and being in and having, you know, these predictions that the guy like this is is favoring OU. This is, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, apparently the people that have known about him and watched him and, and talked about him say that, you know, he he's one of those guys that is 
he's ranked incredibly high and should be, but is still one of those guys that really is just starting to, you know, get into his full development and uh, the scratch the surface, so to speak, of, of what he can be. So, yeah, that's that's exciting. And, you know, he's not the only one. Like, that's big news that all of a sudden that everyone's starting to feel like Oklahoma's going to be the leader for him. And there's a long way to go, as you mentioned. Uh, but, you know, they they got a chance, not just with him. A lot of people feel that they're the leader for David Stone, who's one of the top defensive linemen. Um, you know, there's there's a couple of other guys that are right there at the top of the list. And Oklahoma is starting to not just be in on some of the best defensive linemen across the country, but starting to start to lead in, in that category, building off the of what they did last year. I mean, I know they didn't land Hicks, but I, there there's some like they were in to have Hicks if there wasn't some like outside influence, right? And that's a real reality of what we're dealing with now, but they're in the game on, on the top defensive linemen that they want to be in on. And that's, that's gotta be so far the best development of the Venables tenure. I, I think this is the best way to put it. You see a guy like Williams, Winery. you see a guy like, PJ Adebare, right? It's starting to feel normal that OU is in the mix for that type of player. Mm-hmm. Right? Guys that everyone across the country want and they're seriously considering OU, whether that's OU ends up in their top five or their top three, or they end up going to OU like Adebare did. Like that's that's starting to feel like I, I saw this news. And I wasn't like, oh my God. It was one of those, okay, like, yeah. Yeah, that that's, it, it's starting to feel normal, which I think is a very, very good development, like you mentioned. This time last year, we'd be throwing a ticker tape parade, right? We, yes. We would have been like, oh my gosh. This it, it's, is, it's not a commitment. He hasn't signed, like, but some, some people think he may come to OU. Oh my God, unbelievable. So yeah, you're right. It's It's starting to feel like, this is uh this is going to be consistent moving forward. Yeah, and it's a I do think it's a good reminder, and I know the season's a long way off, but it, it it's a it's a reminder that they got to show some progress this season defensively. Yeah, right. Because you you've got all this excitement still about Venables and what he's been able to do when it comes to putting guys in the league. You've got the SEC move. That's coming. Like, there's a ton of excitement. The new facility that you know that got the budget approved. All of that stuff, right? But you got to play some better defense so that these defensive prospects are like, okay, yeah, they. Not only has he done it in the past, now he's doing it there at Oklahoma. That's that's the thing. Like, that's the most important next step in my mind is putting a better defensive product on the field because. Yeah clearly whatever they're doing on the recruiting trail is working, right? Whatever Chavis and Bates and Venables and that entire staff are selling is working with the results that they've got. But now it's, it's about the on-field product for me. Yeah. Well, and I agree. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll tell you this coach Venables told me the other day that he essentially said, can't wait for you to come out and see these guys this spring. There is a noticeable 
difference between our team right now and where they were a year ago. So I'm excited about that. Uh, we'll, we'll see. And I, I believe it. You look at the roster, it would be, it would be hard for there not to be a noticeable difference, right? I mean, just in the, just in the measurables, this, the roster's getting bigger, the, the length, you know, and not to mention, you know, they still get to go through some offensive defensive stuff too. And the base they've got right now, and I know terrible year, but they've got a good knowledge base underneath them. So the things that they're doing right now, gearing up for spring are they're light years ahead of where they were a year previously. Yeah. One other recruiting tidbit, uh, multiple outlets have predicted that four-star running back. Oh boy. Tavani. Mazel, Mizel, Mazel, Tavani Mazel. Thoughts? Yeah. Do we nail it? I was Mizell. thinking that Tavani Mizel. That sounds sweet. We'll go with that. Sounds better, but I don't know if that's necessarily it. Well, if he ends up going to OU, I guarantee you we'll study the old pronunciation <laughs> guide and we will nail nail it. But a lot of predictions that he's uh, he's going to be a sooner here. He's the number eighteen. He's the 18th ranked running back in the class of 2024, six foot 195 out of state of Maryland. And whether this is right or wrong, Ted, he was committed to Georgia. He decommitted from Georgia. Now a lot of people think he's going to go to OU. Give me all the guys that Georgia wanted that decommit from there and want to go elsewhere. I'll take, I'll take them all. They have, uh, they have proven that they're pretty damn good at evaluating. So if he if he had a committable offer, which is now a thing, right? If he had a committable offer to Georgia and he wants to come to Oklahoma instead, sign me up, baby. Sounds good. Which, you know, is it's it's another sign, right? Just like we're talking with the defensive line. This is starting to be routine. Um you know, some of the guys that we've offered were up against the Georgias, the Alabamas, the LSUs, the Clemsons, and we're not winning all of those, but those are the battles that we're fighting, right? And we're winning some, we're winning, we're winning quite a few of them. There was a, there was a time where we weren't winning any because we weren't even engaged in any of those battles, right? Now we would offer some guys and and lose out just really no contest. But now we're in the battle with with those guys, and you're going to win some and you're going to lose some. But the fact that you're engaging with the top tier of of recruits and fighting those battles with the top schools, that's, I think that's as encouraging as it can be. Yeah. All right, let's get to call your shot. We asked you guys what was the most important thing that happened this week for Oklahoma football. A lot of the answers mentioned the facility. Uh, we we did a deep dive on that in our last episode, so you can go back and listen to that for for some thoughts on on that all the budget for that getting approved. But this one comes from J.P. Morrison, who says Gerald McCoy's tweet about David Stone. No doubt, I Gerald's doing some strong recruiting for the program. Big fan of that. Big yep. fan of that. He is, I, I, you know, David Stone is another guy that's, you know, it looks like that recruitment is going to be possibly a wild one. So Oklahoma's at a, in a good spot on the kid, but 
I I don't know what's going to happen with that, but anytime you've got a guy like Gerald McCoy that's on your side and uh, seems like he's on a personal mission to get David Stone to come to Oklahoma, that's a good place to be. Yeah, it it does feel like Gerald has uh, locked in on David Stone, but like, no, 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 you need to uh, you need to be a Sooner, pal. Let's uh, this is happening. Good. It's like it's almost like he's made the decision for him in a yeah. weird way. Which so I, you're coming here, which just matter if you're going to agree or not. Like it's happening. Yeah. Uh, this other one comes from Skyler H three O, who says. The time change brought us one hour closer to the start of the season. How are we handling the spring forward, Ted? We all right? Handle it well? Even notice? Oh, I noticed. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm handling it okay right now. It's, I, I feel like, I, I don't know. It's weird. You wake up. It's like, what happened? Why am I so tired? What's What's going on here? So I'm handling it right now which this is going to be good. I, I like the new clock. Give me some more daylight. Let's enjoy what's going on out there. Yeah. I, if they just kept it like this year round, if it never got dark at like five again, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Sign me up. And now I'm not a scientist. I'm not a, I don't know what a clock scientist is. I'm not a clockologist, <laughs> but seems like we should be able to figure it out in the year of our Lord, 2023, just say it seems like, seems like we should be able to come up with a system that works for mainly everyone. But what do I know, man? I, I know nothing. <laughs> same. I'm in the same boat. I know nothing. Birthday shout outs time. Happy sixth birthday to Danny Anton Glidewell. Happy 24th birthday to George Devaney. And happy 64th birthday to Bud Clark. Uh, I guess we got to talk about OU basketball. FGTB. Mm. But first, Love's Travel Stops is now offering a nationwide 10 cent per gallon discount on gas and auto diesel. Just download the Love's Connect app and scan your barcode at the prompt on screen and watch that price drop 10 cents per gallon. Across the country, the Loves Connect app unlocks exclusive deals and can help any traveler plan their route or meal on the highway. So before you hit the road, it's spring bait. People, I know a lot of you are going on road trips. Come on now. Be sure to download the Loves Connect app to save 10 cents per gallon and experience the country's best highway hospitality at Loves Travel Stops. Loves also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones with an expanded mobile-to-go zone. And of course... Don't forget to grab yourself some of that delicious Java Hummore. Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma Breakdown merchandise and the best place to get your OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. If you want to live your life in buttersoft comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use promo code TED. T-E-D for 10% off your entire order. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft, 10% off. Look the at the butt, butt first. first shirt. Love it. I still can't believe they made that. I was like, please <laughs> don't make that. They were like, we had a lot of people ask about it. I was like, please don't. And they did. Ugh. But hey, March Madness, people. It's right around the corner. Now, we're doing this before Selection Sunday, but... 
You know what's perfect for March Madness? The garage. Head to the garage for hand-smashed patties, butter-toasted buns, and ice-cold beer. The food is fantastic, and it's the perfect spot to watch any big game. Visit eatatthegarage.com to find a location near you and order online from the garage in your neighborhood. All right, football guys talking basketball. We know this is why you guys listen to this podcast for a little FGTB. Let's just let let's get OU men's basketball out of the way. How about that? Let's really bring the mood sure. down before before we uh, pick it back up here. Mm. Had to have it right. Yeah, had to win the Big Twelve tournament. You you're going into it knowing, hey, we got to win this thing to go to the NCAA tournament. Right, a sense of desperation, urgency, whatever you want to call it. And they scored twenty points and a half. And they scored 49 points in a game. And they lost their first round game to Oklahoma State, which they are now 0-3 against their in-state rival. Just, it's gross basketball, man. Just couldn't hit shots. Oklahoma State clearly, they got a lot of length and athleticism. Made them very uncomfortable. But that was, that was when you had to have an inspiring performance Man, that was that was a tough watch, dude. I don't know how else to put it. That was that was ugly. Yeah, you know, as the season unfolded, and and that's that's one of the difficult parts about the Big Twelve is you, you got a bunch of really good teams, and if you've got inadequacies, teams are going to find them, and if you don't have the personnel to to be able to answer, it could be a rough year, and that's really what happened is. As the year unfolded, it became obvious that Oklahoma is un- undermanned in the front court and teams that have size and length and even teams where it's not their, their real strength, they continue to, to pressure Oklahoma in that area. And, you know, and all things considered, I think Tanner Groves, and I've, I've said this before, I believe he's playing out of position. That's not like where he, he would be best, but because of the roster, he's been forced into that and. You know, I think he he ended up having all things considered a, a good season, but we just we are not where we need to be roster wise uh, with what we need. Uh, asking him to do some of the things that we're asking him to do, it's just it's tough. And I understand the I understand the anger. I understand people are are fed up with with not having a, a competitive basketball team. I. I still believe Porter Moser is a really good coach. I think he he if he gets the right roster, we could be a really competitive team. The question is is he going to be able to get the right roster? And that's tough with the transfer portal era, the NIL era. It's made things more difficult it feels like for Oklahoma at least in the short term. My hope is that here pretty quickly, maybe he'll have some NIL firepower to be able to go out there and compete a little bit in the transfer portal and and with some recruits. He needs it. Yeah. Because this year it was a painful viewing experience. Yeah. And going out in the first round of the Big 12 tournament against Oklahoma State with that offer, uh, that offensive performance, 
just a painful into a painful season for OU fans. And at, sometimes you don't make shots. I get that. But for everything to be on the line in that game and to play that way, it just, it was so deflating, man. Yeah. Just so deflating. And now there's, there's a very real conversation to be had about Porter Moser's future. Right now, I, I think next season is massive for him, but our buddy Eddie Radosovich put the tweet out there. Porter Moser's first two years, 34 and 33 overall, 5 and 16 in true road games, 12 and 24 in conference play, which includes a combined 1 and 8 against Oklahoma State and Texas. That ain't it. I don't know much, but I know that ain't it, man. It's it's going to have to get better, and it's going to have to get better quickly. Yeah. I And I, think, I know people want to talk about a new arena and all that. Listen, I get that, but you you got to put that to the side and get, get a better roster, like however you got to do it. Like I don't know, like. And yeah. people want to talk about the lack of fan support, and I get that. I I understand it, but put a better product out on the court, and the fans will support it better. I'm sure. I'm sure of it's, that. And it's all it's all tied together, right? Yeah. You know, I and I don't know. There is no perfect starting place. You know, it's be, it's easier to get a better roster if you can sell to recruits that you got this new arena coming. It's easy to get a new arena and get fan support if you get a better product, you know? So it's like, I don't know, I don't know where the journey starts, but it's got to start with winning. Um, I think, I think I, I have no idea. I would expect that Porter is safe for next year, but at a minimum, we have to be a tournament team next year. Oh yeah. At a minimum. Like that, that is, Listen, you and I, we we typically record this podcast around what's going on in the world of sports. We're recording this on Selection Sunday, and we don't even care about watching the show because OU's not even in the conversation. I'm not even sure they're going to make the NIT. They probably don't deserve to make it. So they that's where, like, they, that's where the program's at, man. And that's just, that's, that's, this basketball program's at an unacceptable level right now. Right. We don't, we don't expect this team to be going to, to go to final fours all the time. Right. That's, that's not the expectation. The expectation is to make the tournament. And they're not even close to being in the conversation. Like, Jerry Palm puts out this list of a gajillion bubble teams. And OU hasn't been on it once. They haven't been they've been out of the conversation for weeks going back a long way. Like, okay, you look at the schedule, it's unrealistic to expect us to do what we need to do down the stretch. Like we're in win the conference tournament or go home and we're not winning the conference tournament. We kind of know what 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 has happened there, and that reminds me of an unbelievable stat that I heard this week, and I'm sure you heard it too. Oklahoma won 
their third straight Big 12 tournament in 2003. They won in 01, 02, and 03. Since that tournament win, OU has not won back-to-back Big 12 tournament games. Jeez. I know. I was like, that. no, 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 no. That can't be right. That's – and that is right. Have not won back-to-back tournament games. Even in 2016, when they went to the Final Four, they were eliminated in the second round. Need That's better players. crazy, man. Need better players. I know. But, you know, it kind of goes to the overall – like, aside from, you know, we, we – I say lucky. We got a local unbelievable talent in Blake Griffin, right? Then we had a long downturn. We had like a just a, the perfect brew of Buddy Hield and a, an experienced team that all like stayed together for a long time and got better together for that final run. And then we had Trey Trey Young for one year, which brought some excitement, but results were were low. But Outside a handful of those things, like and and local unbelievable talent, it's been a long time since we've been consistently a competitive basketball team. It's a great point. It I don't feel like it need it should be that way. Am I, I just no? It, it, because it's happened. We've seen it happen. Uh, incredible run in the Tubbs era, obviously. Um, the Samson era, they were, you know, they were mainstays, you know, like I said, won three big 12 tournaments in a row. And that's, it's not like it was a down big 12 at the time either, you know, um, final, what did they make two final fours in that run? Like in Oh one and then Oh three or something like, I, I don't remember, but pretty consistent there. And I don't think anyone is even asking to be a, like a final four team every year. I, just be a tournament team, and when things kind of the right – the stars align and you've got the the right ingredients there, make a deep run and see what we've got. Maybe something special can happen. Yeah, and you got to develop some guys, right? I, that's it's where – this, this, It's hard, yeah. but you got it. Like, if you're not going to get one-and-done guys, which is just not – I mean, Oklahoma basketball – with how things have been going, just not going to get that type of player for the most part. You got to be a really good developmental program. And then you got to stay old, right? You got to develop guys and keep them there. And I know that that is not easy with all the movement we see in college basketball, but you got to find a way, man. (laughs) I mean, that's it. You got to find a way. I hate to say this, but in order to, to get old and stay old, you're going to have to pay a good salary. Correct. To keep guys at, at your yeah. school. Like, it, all things considered, they're going to stay where it makes sense. And right now, with the with the NIL stuff, like, that's that's going to be probably the best way to keep your, keep your guy, like, super top-level guys. We kind of all understand what that is, but high-level, consistent basketball players that you can kind of build your program around, like they're going to have to have a reason to stay. Yeah. That you're not going to have a bunch of NBA draft picks probably in the program, but 
What you need to do is have guys that get better each and every season and have an old team. Yeah. That now it, it sounds easy. Clearly, it's very difficult to do. It's what everyone's trying to do, but all I know is that I did not have fun watching OU basketball this season, <laughs> except for the Alabama game. That was amazing. What a day. Yeah. What a day. But other than that, was not much fun watching that basketball team. And Ted, if you're going to lose, better be entertaining. And they weren't very entertaining, and they lost a lot. Can't be both, man. That's right. Yeah, that is – there's some – Absolute truth to that. You can't be losing and barely scoring. Can't have it. If you're going to lose a bunch, you better score a lot of points and make it fun to watch. Let's run. Let's run, baby. Speaking of scoring a lot of points, OU women's basketball, let's bring the mood up a little bit. Now, lost in the Big 12 semifinal against a good Iowa State team, which they've had some good battles with over the last couple years. And Ashley Jones is a stud. Right, She's going to be Big 12 player of the year, or already was. Really, really just one bad quarter in that game uh, with what I watched. Just did, things didn't go well for him in the third, and they just weren't able to overcome that. But was really good to see Maddie Williams back out on the court for that game. And we're recording this before they do the women's selection show, but did a little dive into some ESPN bracketology for the women's bracket. Currently has OU as a six seed in the women's NCAA tournament. It would be great with how the, <laughs> how things went on the men's side. It would be great for Jenny Baranchek who accomplished a lot, right. With, you know, winning a share of the big 12 regular season title. It'd be really fun to continue to create excitement and buzz around OU women's basketball with a win or two in the NCAA tournament. I, that I am, I will be living and dying with OU women's basketball in March, Ted, come on, let's go. Yeah, I I agree. I think that they've made so much progress in two years. It's incredible. And it would be awesome to see them really build on that with the deep tournament run. And I've been saying this, and it's, this is a football guy talking basketball, so take it with a grain of salt. But like you mentioned it, it if you need to score some points and be entertaining, well, that's what this team is like. Pretty much the entire year, they've been like number one or number two in offense in all of uh, college hoops, you know, scoring well over 80 points a game. So that's what I would expect. And I continue to believe that their formula makes them a really dangerous tournament team. We'll see. Yeah, I'm excited, but we will uh, we'll be keeping tabs on that in March. And Jenny Bronchek, I got faith in the squad. I got faith in the squad to get a couple wins and continue to build this program back up to to where we know it can be, right? It's it's a similar conversation to to the men's men's program, but you know, we've seen OU women's basketball, you know, sell games out and and be, you know, be one of the more premier programs in the country. Uh we we've seen that before. So I am I'm excited where the where the women's program is headed but you know it's it's interesting in 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 women's like and we've seen this whenever if you can go out and land like some of these top top players it could change a program because they're not leaving it's not one and done 
you know, they're going to, they're going to be there and you can build your program around some of those big time players like, you know, like Courtney Paris or, you know, we've had a, a handful of them in the past. Like that's kind of the next thing. Like the system is there. Like we, they play a, a, a awesome brand of basketball. That's great to watch. And they're super competitive. It's, you know, that top elite of elite type of players, kind of the next thing for them to get up there and, and bang around with those top teams. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see what the tournament draw looks like. Virginia Bronchek's group, but got a hey, good vibes. Yep. Give it, get sending all the good vibes to, uh, to the women's basketball team. Please bring us some basketball joy in March, please. <laughs> okay. Speaking a little bit of basketball joy, let's hit the thunder here last. This just in Oklahoma city thunder, much better team when Shea Gilgis Alexander plays basketball that I, that is, that's hard hitting analysis. I know, but they just tipped off against the San Antonio Spurs and the Spurs are openly tanking. Like they are like <laughs> everyone, everyone knows. Or actually, that game's not. I thought it was a two thirty game. That game's not till like six o'clock tonight. So they did not just tip off. I just I lied to everyone. But I'm anticipating them winning that game, even with Shea Gilgis Alexander probably sitting out because they they're resting him on back to backs with whatever's going on with the abdomen. But it was fun watching him against the Pelicans over the weekend, man. That's. That's a nice win. Shea looks fantastic. Had another 35-point game. And I I don't know if I can purchase more Jalen Williams stock, but I want it all. <laughs> if there's any left, I would like it all. You're taking it, it private, right? You're buying it all up. Exactly. He he came back. It's good, good that the wrist injury wasn't anything serious, but that dude's all the way up to second on the NBA rookie ladder, which – if you don't pay attention to that, basically it's this thing on NBA.com. They keep a running tally of which rookies are playing the best basketball. And number one is Paulo Bencaro, who was the first pick of the draft and is scoring a lot of points for the magic. It looks like he's going to be a really, really good player for a very long time. And number two is Jalen Williams. So great value pick too. I mean, yeah. So they get it's, him? what, did he go 12? Because remember, they picked, I think it was Jang 11 and then him 12. Okay. Yeah. Good pick. So that's, I, we're feeling very, very good about the future of, of the organization. But he, I, I understand because there's what, 15 games left, right? I understand that a lot of Thunder fans look at it and go, hey, this season's been great, but it's time to start losing a few more games. Let's get as good of a draft pick as we can get, add one more piece, and then next year is when you know the push begins, right? The the true, the true push to see what what this young core can do. But I I continue to think that there's a ton of value in these guys playing games in March and in early April that matter, right? And that feel like something's on the line. And I just think that that's, it's great for the culture. It's great for all those young guys. And like Giddy hasn't felt that in the NBA. Like Jalen Williams is rookie. He hasn't felt that. Shea hasn't felt that 
in a couple of years, right? The pressure of the playoffs being on the line and, you know, feeling that, especially he hasn't felt that as the star player. I want to see how this team responds to those situations. It's kind of a win-win for me. If, if they lose a bunch of games here in the last 15, they get a better draft pick. Okay. I'll be able to sleep at night, but I really hope that the last two weeks of the season, we're talking about, Hey, what does the thunder have to do to make the play in? Like, what's this look like? That's, that's what I'm hoping for, but we'll see what happens. Well, how much better of a pick can they get? Cause right now they're probably what, just like hovering around middle of the road. Yeah. I think I want to say, I heard some people being like, if they can really lose well, <laughs> which <laughs> like they could end up with, you know, like the seventh or eighth pick or something like that. See, to me, that's not worth it. They have enough, they have enough picks that they've stockpiled that if they want to get to the seventh or eighth pick, they could probably do it anyways, right? Um, yeah, I think right now they'd be picking eleventh. I don't think it's worth it. I think there's more to gain from because I don't know how you feel, but it seems like they've got the majority of what's going to be their core moving forward, it's kind of there. Now, they may be able to add a guy, but the chances of them, they're not going to be adding a number one overall guy, right? They're just not going to be able to get to that spot. So they've got their core, and it's time to start putting that core to work and and having them play in meaningful games and starting to develop that. I mean, I feel like they're in a good position moving forward. I'm in a win win now mode for these guys moving forward. Like, don't tank. Go out, see what you could do. Like, start to to pressure one another in some of these games. And, you know, develop the guys that you've got. We know that we've got Mike Holmgren's son coming back next year, which is going to be big. And I don't know. I It's time to start buckling down with what you've got at this point. I I agree. Now, there's a lot of Thunder fans out there that probably strongly disagree with our view on this. Hey, it's okay. We can disagree. That's fine. I just think I think there's a lot of value in putting these young guys in that in that type of environment, those types of situations, those games, and just seeing seeing how they respond. See how if it goes. The, here's how I feel about it. If there is a player that could be the ultimate difference in, in in what the Thunder are moving forward that they can get at number seven or eight or nine, then we'll either move what we need to move to get there or you'll see an amazing run of bad games being played here down the stretch. Like Sam Presti's going to do what it takes to get that player if he's there, right? I mean, so... I feel good about it either way. Yeah. No, I'm with you. But it's nice to it's nice to talk about Thunder basketball again. <laughs> like there's excitement. Last this time last year, some of the lineups that they were rolling out. I remember sitting at the games being like, what the hell, man? Like this is yikes. <laughs> there there was a breaking point around this this time last year, I feel like of Oh, what was the guy's name where you're like, oh, he just can't play anymore. You just cannot put him out there anymore. It just, 
they were playing a bunch of Gabe Eichard level type professionals out there, Ted. It was not, it was not good. It was, but at much better place a year later. I, my, my mentality and psyche are, are in a much better place when it comes to the thunder. All right, let's finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend. But first. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, students prepare to meet their potential with an individualized academic path that strives for success. Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSAA athletics where they've won over 100 state championships, and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, Contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. And attention, business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, You'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend? Well, I had to go with the Major League Baseball rule changes, and I know that we've brought this up recently uh whenever it first kind of got implemented and everyone was watching it but now we're we're a, a couple of weeks in and we've got some meaningful data to go off of and right now for nine inning games through through what they've gone was like the first couple of weeks of uh of spring training games the games are 25 minutes faster than they were a year ago which is incredible. And that's 25 minutes of dead time where you had pitchers, you know, wiping their, their brow and batters like, you know, redoing their batting gloves, 25 minutes of dead time. A lot of, a lot of cup adjustments, a lot of cup adjustments, a lot of, a lot of stepping in and out of the, the batter's box and stepping on and off the rubber minutes. of all kinds. That's a ton of time. 25 minutes of dead time. Um, Pretty incredible. Uh, the violations are down. Like, obviously, right whenever you come out, everyone's get adjusting to the new rules. There was like, I think the first week of games, it was like two and a half or more violations per game. That's already uh, well down. They expect, I think it's at uh, 0.75, I think. And if they go off of minor league, it's following the same trajectory and should end up at, somewhere between a uh, a violation like every other game is what you're going to see. So that's kind of on pace there. But here's some of the interesting things. Stolen base attempts. Like one of the things that Major League Baseball, whenever they like talk to the fans and polled the fans about what they want to see more of, 
Stolen bases is like one of the top things, if not the top thing. Stolen base attempts are up 50% compared to what they were a year ago. Um, If these high attempts continue, which they're not sure because you're, you're kind of doing this at no risk, right? Right now, Um, which some things have happened, like teams are starting to do pitch outs again, which was all but gone from baseball, but now you have to do it because there's an increase in stolen base attempts. Um, So listen to this. Currently, like if, if the season matches what we're seeing in spring training, it, this is the most attempts that we will see in stolen bases in major league baseball since 1987. And if the success rate continues, it will be the most successful stolen bases since 1919. So there's some significant changes in baseball and everyone that's writing about it and talking about it says, you've got your purist. But outside of that, everyone seems to say that this is the best thing that's happened to baseball in a really long time. 25 minutes of dead time. That's incredible. Right. It's not like you are taking away plays from the actual game or anything exactly. like that. Exactly. You know, no, there's no change. Like it, like college football, the rules that we're putting in are actually it's going to take some plays away from the game. Which is what they're going for. Baseball, yes. they were saying like, hey, we need to speed it up, but you're still getting nine innings with three outs in each, you know, each right. half of the inning. Like it's it's the same stuff. We're just watching guys do random rituals less. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. that's essentially like you are you're no longer watching a guy go through his bizarre routine he's developed like since playing baseball as a child. And one of the things I I haven't seen a bunch of complaining from the players either. It seems like the players are like, okay, yeah, we Quite a bit of pushback right away, which is, you know, because it's a dramatic change. Right. So there's like pushback and there's some some calls, you know, there's always the point of emphasis where everyone's getting upset at some of these calls. But then I think it levels out and everyone kind of finds their groove. And dude, if if you're saving, if you're a baseball player and you're saving half an hour a game through 162 games. That's a that translates to a lot of extra time on your own throughout a season. You are you're getting a lot of your life back if you're a baseball <laughs> That's right. player. That's right. Just get in the box. Let's do this thing, boys. Here we go. No, that's that's some really interesting data. And it I know this will sound weird, but I've watched a little bit of it. You gotta pay attention now, man. Like you, yeah. you got to be locked in or else you're going to miss like baseball was one of those things you could put on in the background. And like, you look up, you see a pitch, you know, you can do some stuff, look up again, see a pitch. It, that thing is going quick. It's, it's way more entertaining for me. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of gamesmanship that's happening right now. And I think it'll probably level out, but you know, pitchers can use the clock to their advantage. Now they can force a batter into the box early in the time because you know, and then they can hold him there, which is it's hard to have that like hyper focused attention. And it you know, as the longer they stand in there, the longer it swings to the pitcher's advantage. So there's some interesting stuff that we're seeing. It's cool. Yeah. All right. Who is your loser of the weekend? 
I thought about going with Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari. May I'm st- there's some rumors floating. Rumors. Around. <laughs> Look at you staying on top of the Formula One rumors. Proud of you. How about that? Uh, but I settled on the Big Twelve. This is interesting. You know, the 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 when it comes to the Big Twelve adding schools. The rumors have been there around the four corner schools, right? The two Arizona schools, Utah, Colorado. You know, it's all going to be whether or not the Pac-12 is going to be able to get a, a media deal that's going to be able to satisfy those teams and, and keep the conference together. Well, Dennis Dodd wrote a story, and the head, headline was Big 12 is ready to pounce. And the Utah athletic director, Mark Harlan quote tweeted that and said, give me a break, which is really interesting. You know, I, I had seen a couple of these articles and they all kind of have the same thing in them, but I kind of went through the comments on Twitter below it. And most of the people in the PAC 12 think that this is like a, a media blitz by the Big 12 that is trying to sink the Pac-12's ability to get a media rights deal by continually suggesting that all of these schools schools are going to split from the Pac-12 whenever perhaps that's not necessarily the case. I thought that that was, that was a really interesting take on it, that the Big 12 is trying to through the media, fracture the Pac-12. Brett Yormark is a crafty, crafty man. I no, I've I've heard and read similar things to that as well. And there may be some truth to it. I don't know. All I know is the Big Twelve. Like if you are, if you're Brett Yormark and you're the leadership of the Big Twelve, it does feel as if weakening the Pac-12 any way you can is good for you in the short term and certainly in the long term when it comes to keeping the big 12 as one of the power five conferences, you know, establishing its place in kind of this new version of what college athletics looks like. And yeah, your Mark, he skipped the line, man. He, he, he got a deal done before the PAC 12 could, could get one done. And now, it does seem like that has played a very significant role in the instability we're currently seeing out West. And don't overplay your hand. Don't make it blatantly obvious that you're, (laughs) you're tampering, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what it looks like, but I saw that tweet and I, because I'm obviously, I'm have to talk about it on my, uh, on my serious XM show on big 12 radio. It's going to be like one of those. Okay. Where are we actually at? Right, like, where yeah. does the Pac-12 stand with what they're trying to get done from a media rights perspective, and how realistic is the Big 12's ability to go and poach schools because of the uncertainty that is kind of hanging over the Pac-12 right now? It's, I don't know, but it's going to have going to have big implications on the way that college football, in particular, looks moving forward. So, it is. It's a lot of fun to keep tabs on. I know that because yeah. they those stories just keep coming and coming and coming. And it seemed like Utah's athletic director had had seen enough. Yeah. Well, 
I don't know. I, I don't know what happens, but it's interesting. And again, like we've talked about this. If something happens, I feel like it's going to happen quick. Yeah. Right? It's not going to be this long drawn out thing. It's, I feel like everyone networks conferences included wants to get the, whatever the new layout, the new landscape is going to look like. It's going to be in place before the 24 season. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's get to my winner and loser. But first, John Vance Auto Group has been serving Oklahomans for 40 years. They're family owned and operated, and they've got nine full service dealerships in Woodward, Miami, and Guthrie. No matter what your vehicle needs are, John Vance Auto Group has you covered. They carry domestic brands such as Ford, Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, and Wagoneer. John Vance Auto Group's goal is to give unequaled service and to exceed customers' expectations in every way, which is why they have their lifetime loyalty program. And here's how it works. Buy a new or used car. All you have to do is get the manufacturer recommended maintenance done at the Vance dealership. And if something goes wrong with any of the components of your engine, transmission, drive, axle, or transfer unit, they will cover the repair costs. It's a great deal. You can browse their entire inventory or find the John Vance dealership near you at vanceautogroup.com. My wife just got a Wagoneer. Oh, those are awesome. So sick. Those are sweet. If you have kids, like if you're in a multiple car seat situation, it, call call John Vance Auto Group. Get you a Wagoneer, <laughs> people. They are sweet, man. It's like a bus. Nice. It's awesome. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. Ladies and gentlemen, make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. All right, for my winner of the weekend, thought about going with our man Baker Mayfield? And Rappaport throwing it out there that when free agency begins, which is this week, the Bucks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are targeting Baker Mayfield, would bring him in to compete with Kyle Trask for the starting job. Could be a great opportunity for Baker. Baker is slowly but surely moving closer and closer to the equator of, of the earth with every single move, it looks like. Start away up there in Cleveland, and he's just slowly climbing his way south. That would be awesome. I think uh, I think that's a good organization. That's a really cool city. Um, you know, they're not in the position they were a couple of years ago, but I I still think that 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 division is really up for grabs right now. Yeah, some holes to fill on that roster for sure. But I, I'm sure they're looking at it, going, "Hey, if we can get." Baker Mayfield in here at a reasonable price, we can we can address other roster needs with their like the offensive space. line. Yes. So we'll see, but could be it could be a good opportunity for Baker to be a starter, right? Wasn't sure if that opportunity was going to be there for him uh, in the twenty twenty three season, but sounds like if it all ends up working out, he'll have every opportunity to win that job. Which hey, yep. that's. It's all you can ask for. 
my winner of the weekend. So unfortunate. Texas men's basketball. Oh. Won the Big 12 tournament by whooping Kansas. And I know that, you know, and sounds like Bill Self is doing well, right? And recovering well from whatever went on there. But I get that Kansas didn't have Bill Self on the sideline, but still to to dominate the second half the way that they did. Really nice performances from Dylan DeSue, Serge Barry Rice, uh, Marcus Carr was really good in that game. It was that was the second half beatdown that the Longhorns put on Kansas and man, Rodney Terry, what a hell of a job this season by him, man. I know. What's he got to do to get the interim tag removed? I don't know. Is this be one a of bigger those... name? He's he's just not. <laughs> but the dude can of... clearly coach. He can. Is this one of those situations where I the the brass at Texas is like in a really rough spot to where obviously you want what your program to do good, but it's like if they do too good, we just we don't have a choice but to hire him as our head coach. It it's a very very Texas mentality to be like, <laughs> I get that this guy's won all these games, but is he? Is he Texas enough for us? You know, we like need is a he, bigger name? Yeah, we need we need a bigger name. You know, someone with someone that'll get the fan base more fired up. Like that's how it. it that's how it feels. You're like, like winning that, it feels like the it. route they're gonna go. But hey, for Rodney Terry to take over under the circumstances he took over uh, to finish, they end up finish solo second, right, mm-hmm. in the regular season in the Big Twelve. And to go win the conference tournament, they're going to be a two seed in the big dance. That's a that's impressive, man. Yeah. That's that's impressive. And I know they got a they got an old team with some young, talented guys sprinkled in there. They got a really talented roster. I get that, but Rodney Terry, that's that's one hell of a job, man. And yep. this is what makes it worse for me, at least. Like you look at Texas basketball. They've got the Moody Center, which looks like it is a, you know, top five venue now in college basketball, just from everything I can gather. And it feels like they got a lot of basketball momentum heading into the SEC. And then you look at OU's situation, you're just like, oh boy, that I I want I want what they have. Yeah. Cause it looks yep. like it looks like things are going well for the Longhorns program. And I just I just want that for OU basketball. And it feels like those two programs are headed in different directions. It's not too late for a first round exit for Texas, though, in the uh in the big day. I think that would make me feel a little better. Yeah. Yep. That's that's what we need. <laughs> All right, for my loser of the weekend. Uh thought about going with the Duke haters. You know, it wasn't that long ago we were talking about, hey, will Duke even make the tournament? North Carolina not going to make the tournament. How about that? At that they were preseason number one and not going to make the tournament. That's got to be up there on the most disappointing seasons in the history of college basketball. But all of a sudden, John Shire and the Dukies playing some some solid ball, won the ACC tournament, taking a nine-game winning streak into March Madness. That'll do. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good win too. That was a good game. 
knocking off a, a really tough Virginia team. That was a fun game. And then the one after was good, too, UCLA-Arizona. That was an awesome basketball game. So, yeah, look at look at Duke. Was that his um, – I didn't have the volume on, but was that maybe his parents that were in the stands that were that were crying and um, so excited about that win? That was really cool to see. Yeah, but everyone loves watching Duke do well. <laughs> right. That's super fun. But my loser of the weekend and – I I went back and forth on this one, but I I'm gonna go with the Carolina Panthers. I it just kind of sends some alarm bells off for me. Okay, so you look at the situation, right? They trade, they trade DJ Moore, uh, their their first rounder this year, which is the ninth pick, right? Also the 61st pick in this year's draft. A 2024 first rounder and a 2025 second rounder. They trade all that to Chicago for the first overall pick. But then, right after that, there's reports like, hey, the Panthers are willing to now trade that pick and move down because they like multiple quarterbacks in the draft. And I don't know, like, that's just, that's just a very weird way of doing things to me. And I get why the Bears did what they did, right? They wanted to know where they stand heading in the draft so that they can address certain roster needs and free agency. I totally get that. But for the for the Panthers to do this, to get up to number one, and then be like, actually, you know, we like multiple guys. We'll just, if we can, we'll move down. I Maybe it ends up working out really well for them, but I just feel like if you're going to trade, put a trade package together, to get the first overall pick, I want you to be zeroed in on one guy. Like, I want you to be fully committed to that guy. Like, hey, we have identified our guy, our franchise quarterback, moving forward, and they're over here going, yeah, we like a couple. We'll figure it out. I don't know. I, I know Frank Reich is, he's he's supposed to be a QB whisperer, but damn, man, you would think if you trade up for number one, you'd be like, hey, CJ Stroud, that's our guy. We're taking him. I I just thought it was a really weird development after they traded for the first pick. Well, I'm sure that they have the guy that they like and the guy that they want. Are they bluffing? And there's there's a little bit of of bluffing going on in there. And I guess if you just say that you're still open to a trade, you never know what may happen. Right. But I think it's dumb. Because you don't even need to do this. You don't even need to get rid of DJ Moore. Now, you would have to get rid of some picks, but why don't you just go get the guy that's been an NFL MVP? That would make way too much sense. And just give up two first-rounders. Yeah, and not roll the dice on whether or not the, the quarterback or one of the quarterbacks that you like is going to pan out. Now, because it ain't a hundred percent, I I completely agree with you on that. Now, the argument could also be made, and we just saw it with Philadelphia, right? When you have a quarterback on their rookie deal, it is easier to build a more talented, uh, more balanced roster around him, right? So maybe that's their line of thinking, but you got to remember they got the first pick, or they were you know, where they were at for a reason. They weren't a very good football team this year. 
they had every opportunity to steal that division and just couldn't do it. But I don't know. Maybe that's their line of thinking. And we don't, we don't want to give maybe. Lamar $200 million guaranteed. I, okay. I don't know. You can, you can give Lamar $200 million guaranteed now, or you can give CJ Stroud 350 guaranteed five years from now. Right. Like, you, you cannot get out of paying the Piper. It's going to have to happen. Now, I guess theoretically, CJ Stroud could come in and just absolutely be that dude. And your team is, is going to be geared up and winning. And you'll have three years of big time winning before you have to pay the Piper and you can build off of, you know, him on, on that rookie deal. But the likelihood of that happening, it's not very likely. It's just like, their roster is not in that position right now. Well, luckily they're going to draft Will Levis and not, not CJ Stroud. <laughs> I don't know. At, I, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, like that's who knows, but I just I thought it was so odd to put a trade package together to get the first pick and then be like, "Hey, we're willing to we're willing to trade down a little bit because we we like multiple guys." I, I, that's what I'm saying. It's like if you like multiple guys, do you actually even like any? Take take them with the ninth pick. Yeah, they're not I, all... give up. Don't give up your star wide receiver. Don't give up anything. Which, by the way, Justin Fields got to feel great, right? Yeah. Bears, Bears. It feels like a big vote of confidence for him. He now has a true number one in DJ Moore, who I I think is a one of the more underrated players in the at the wide receiver position in the league. Just he's got to feel awesome about this entire thing. I feel like the Bears wiped the floor with the Carolina Panthers, you know, and, and I, you know, they're they're in a position where now they've got a, a lot of assets to where they can help a team that you know does have a, a promising quarterback on a rookie deal, and and they are able to do that. But unless I'm forgetting something, they didn't have to mortgage the entire future of their. Uh, their franchise in order to, to land fields, right? No. Like, just take the other guy that you like at number nine. Why 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 do this if you like multiple guys? I I, that's that now you understand why they're my loser of the weekend Jeez. and why I was confused. Thank you. Good pick. I just just a strange, like everything about it's strange to me. I don't know. Hey. Maybe they end up getting a guy that ends up being a Hall of Famer, and we laugh about this someday. But or, or maybe they, maybe they move back from one to five or one to four and get the guy that they originally wanted, and you know, end up on the good side of of having some assets and you know, DJ Moore. Maybe they cleared some salary. I don't know, but it seems like a whole lot of moving parts for what is still going to end up being an a wild ass guess. I, I saw something that, and I can't remember who put it out there, but someone was actually talking about how DJ Moore, cause I think he's in like the 19 to $20 million a year range. Like he gets, I mean, he's, he's a big time wide receiver. And I think someone was like, well, this is actually a good deal for the bears because they need his salary to get to the salary floor. Like they're, they're in 
full rebuild mode. <laughs> like full rebuild. Like, no, no, they need that because they actually need someone that's making a lot of money on their team. Who let's try and trade for the most overpaid guy out there. Who is it? Who could that be? That's yeah, funny. It's pretty it's pretty good. But you know, we'll we'll see how this works out for Chicago and for Carolina. But uh bit of a head scratcher for me. But hey, I'm also kind of an idiot. So you never know. Same. Same. On that note, episode 299 in the books. Yeah. Next one's 300, dude. A milestone uh, uh, episode coming up, huh? Wow. I've never really thought of it. Do we need need to... Like shoot really high, guess wise for a milestone episode is that that's kind of a thing I think. Mm, perhaps, perhaps. Send some feelers out. Get it. Get us yeah. someone cool. Okay. Wow. Just a reminder: you can hear Teddy from three to six on ninety four seven The Ref. You can hear me from two to five on Sirius XM Big Twelve Radio Channel three seventy five. Hope you all have an awesome week. Until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening. You always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one.